This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination head to exploreworldwide.com hello it's tuesday the 13th of july and thanks for joining me for the latest on travel and destinations from the green list and the travel desk of the independent currently on the road or at least the railways speeding between wigan and preston living the dream on the West Coast mainline. Today, appropriately, I'll be talking about rail fare reform. Beneath the City of London, the bank is closing for four months and is red to green feasible in Thursday's traffic light shuffle. Of course, this podcast is completely free, as is my weekly travel email. You can sign up at independent.co.uk forward slash newsletters. Right, rail fare reform is long overdue. Everybody agrees that. The only question is, how are we going to sort it out? The system, I don't need to tell you, is formidably complex and irrational. I'm travelling to Carlisle on the English-Scottish border, and I've obviously bought two separate tickets because it saves me an absolute fortune. There has to be, says Mark Smith, who's known as the man in seat 61, two clear objectives from reforming rail fares. The first one is simply to make it easy to buy tickets, no more queuing at stations. You should be able to get them pretty instantly on apps. And certainly there's ways that that is happening. But the second and more difficult objective is to restore confidence in rail pricing. What's happened since rail fares were baked in at privatisation in the 1990s is that we've had just complexity after complexity added on. There's a whole number of fares, nearly half of them, where the price that the train companies can charge is regulated. They are limited generally to about the rate of inflation. Now, that means that it's a opportunity for the rail companies to charge a lot less or a lot more on their other tickets but it gets very messy very quickly the most uh, famous example is probably the didcot dodge if you're traveling between london and bristol then just buy one ticket to the oxfordshire station a second one from there and you'll more or less halve the price you're just going to make sure that the train calls a didcot so what Mark Smith, the man in 661, is calling for is that effectively it should be single leg pricing and that the price from A to B plus the price from B to C should never be less than the price from A to C, if you see what I mean. There's all kinds of odd um, things such as you want to go from London to Brighton? Well, that will cost you £31 uh, for a day return. Suppose you only want to go one way, well, it's £30.90, so just 10 pence less, um, and there's a saving of 0.3% for a journey that's half the length. And 
So if you have single leg pricing, then it will very simply be just like flying around Europe on the budget airlines, whatever the fare is. Well, there will be a, a, a peak fare, an off-peak fare, and some advanced prices, but it will not be rocket science and it will not require you to have to do lots of work. Let's hope that is going to happen. Um, the big problem is rail fares bring in £10 billion every year, or at least they used to before the coronavirus pandemic, and the Treasury would quite like that to continue. So it's going to be revenue neutral, which means sadly some fares will come down, but others will go up. Never politically popular. Anyway, if you do manage to get as far as London, you will find out that from 15th of January next year, the city branch of the Northern Line is going to be broken. They are going to stop the trains coming down from the north at Moorgate and then restart them at Kennington, which is in South London. It means that if you're coming into King's Cross, to St Pancras, to London Bridge, these key terminus stations you won't get a direct connection with the city um, and it's not going to directly affect the other routes through bank station um, that's the central line waterloo and city line docklands like railway um, but it will mean of course there's fewer connections the whole idea is that this is going to create 40 percent more space because bank was getting overcrowded well which just gives me time to tell you about the uh, green, amber and red list traffic light shuffle that's going to be taking place on Thursday. It's going to be very exciting as usual. But Lucy has got in touch to ask, is there a chance that a country could go direct from the red list to the green list, bypassing amber? Well, that's particularly relevant since you've got countries like Turkey, the UAE, India, on the red list at the moment people coming in from there have to go into hotel quarantine if it goes to amber it would still be 10 days of uh, self-isolation but i can't see it happening personally because if you bear in mind that on monday we are going to see the big switch where anybody like me who's lucky enough to have been vaccinated twice is going to be able to treat an amber country like a green country. So therefore, if anyone, uh, and green just means, of course, that you've got to have a couple of tests, but you don't need to go into self-isolation. So if any red country goes amber, then for millions of people, it's effectively going to put them into uh, green. So... I can't see it happening. I can't actually see many changes taking place in the traffic light list in the traveller's favour, making things easier, because it's going to be quite a shock to the system once Monday arrives, and they will be keen not to stress the thing. But the experts I've talked to, in particular Robert Boyle of Gridpoint Consulting, says watch out for Bahrain. That could be the one to go on to the amber list, um, which would mean green for many of us, fortunately, or fortunate enough to have been jabbed. But please uh, don't regard this as anything other than speculation. And I'm afraid if you're waiting for Turkey or Dubai to go green, go amber, then, well, that probably won't be happening for a while. Well, that's all for now. Um, here from lovely Preston Station. Thank you so much for listening. Um, remember, you can get all the news you need at uh, independent.co.uk, 24 hours a day. And don't forget that uh, newsletter. 
Well, that's quite enough for me. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Stay safe. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.